Welcome to your business education station. This is Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Our mission is to educate women and people of color about the financial and legal aspects of business, personal finance, and changing your money mindset to create financial freedom. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Florence Seiler, CPA, and Attorney Althea DeVar-Johnson. Hey, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio, and I am here regardless of whether I sound like I'm here or not. I know I sound like I'm talking nasal because I have a, I'm under the weather slightly, uh, but I'm here with my boss, Althea, Attorney <laughs> Althea, <laughs> Althea DeBar Johnson, my friend. Well, well, how are you doing, Althea? I'm doing good, Dr. Flo. How are you? I'm told you I'm, I'm i'm hanging in there so you just started off with a joke this morning but i'm but i'm on some i'm on strong drugs okay so i'm doing just fine well great and you did start off with a joke yeah but, that's but, okay. <laughs> but i'm I'm on, I'm on the kind the prescription kind out there i'm glad you are <laughs> and i do want to mention i had i really had a good time with you this weekend i had a good time at althea's house this weekend well thank you <laughs> i think all the ladies had a good Great time. Althea and we learned knows something. How to, Althea knows how to throw a party. <laughs> well, thank you. And it yeah. was a it was a girly party. I can't talk about it. No, but there is <laughs> there is the business side. To yeah, it. there is a business. We were talking about that. It's a big business, you know. Big business. Yeah, so that was really cool. But I had a wonderful time, and I'm glad I wasn't sick enough to miss that. Thank I felt, you. I felt I started. I think I overdid it, and I got. Saturday night, but I was able to make the party, so that was really good. I felt bad, but I felt good enough to come to that party, and I'm glad I did. Yes. Today's show, Althea, we are doing, we did an Ask Althea show, and now we're going to do an Ask Dr. Flo show. That kind of rhymes, so that's why I put the show in there. Dr. Flo show. Mm -hmm. And so we we are very happy. Um, Some of you all that filled out the survey, we're very happy that you did. Thank you to all the listeners who filled out the survey. Um, the survey allows us to focus on what you really want to, uh, you know, things that interest you, things you really want to hear. If you haven't done so uh, yet, please take the time to go to our website at www.mindyourbizradio.com. Click on the survey. There's a there's a link there for the survey. It's on the first page of the website right next to the free download of tax deductions and stuff like that that you don't want to forget this year. OK, absolutely. Um, and by the way. Uh, the other reason why I'm this is going to be a long day for me today is the deadline for corporate tax returns. Well, you know, I already um, put in my extension. extension. Yes, of course. <laughs> so if you file, if you file, listeners out there, if you have a business, if you have a corporation or S corp, or you have an LLC that opted for S corp status, if you file a uh, form 1120 or 1120S, your taxes need to be filed today. If not, you need to ask your tax preparer to file an extension for you. If you need to find a tax preparer, feel free to go to www.myowntaxreturn.com. Click on the CPA button or email me at talkback at mindyourbizradio.com. I will make sure that myself or one of my colleagues takes care of you. It'll probably be, unfortunately, one of my colleagues right now because I'm sick today. <laughs> but I'll make sure that a good CPA or, you know, the last couple of shows we've had, um, attorney um, Aisley Smith Aisley or somebody. We have wonderful tax attorney CPAs. We have a lot of good affiliates. We'll make sure that you are taken care of, but don't miss that deadline. Okay? Please don't miss the do deadline. Do like my friend did, file an extension, do whatever, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so that's out the way. Althea, our first question um, comes from 
our friend Pamela from Atlanta. All right. Um, she asked a question that's near and dear to your heart. She wants to know about life insurance. She wants to know, is it a good investment? And so um, I know, Althea, you, you use it in your estate planning, um, but it's for the living, and you always say that. It's for the living at well, as well. So I'm going to approach it from a financial standpoint, mm-hmm. okay, since this is the financial show. Um, it's crucial because, first of all, life um Life uh, insurance can provide a lump sum payment um, to help pay expenses and generate an income. And that's kind of on the side that you deal with the with the state planning. Right. But mm. you got to think about those final expenses. The financial part of this is um, I've never met anybody that didn't die. I haven't. <laughs> OK, so this is an inevitable thing. Right. And so you need to be able to cover uh, the cost of financial expenses, help pay off debts, as well as day-to-day expenses for whoever you've left behind. Um, they have day-to-day expenses like food, clothing, child care, housing, sure. right? All those types of things. If, if you uh, were the one working, then that paycheck is gone. And so you need to be able to help whoever your loved one is. Um, and even if you are if you're flying solo and you're by yourself, the whole deal is that we do not want to be a Sunday service passing the hat to try to bury you. Okay. <laughs> you gotta, and it happens a lot in so really many does. families. And it's, it's very unfortunate that when someone passes away, not only do they leave the expense of trying to bury you, but they leave these other household expenses like you're talking about, Dr. Flo. And that is so unnecessary. Exactly. And if you have to start off with a term policy, you know, we've had, um, you know, uh, Pamela Harris on the show. We've had um, Greg right. Palmer on the show. We've had a lot of other um, financial people on the show that let you know that you can start off cheap. You can start off with a term policy just to cover yourself. And then you can go into the type that I'm going to talk about that will help you plan for your retirement, um, which is a whole policy in the future, it's more expensive because part of it is an investment, not just insurance. Not just insurance. Um, but you need to at least start off with a term policy. And even you might want to even have at least your own term policy and not necessarily just re, uh, depend on the policy that you have at work. Right. Because if you leave your job, your policy ends. And so then when you go to apply for another term policy, you're older. It's going to cost you more money. Um, and, and you know, you're starting all over again. Yeah, really. you're starting all over again, you're, right? You're starting all over again, and you, all the money that has been placed in the life policy at your job because you don't, you did not have another policy, and usually those policies are just ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that's not really enough in today's right. age, especially if you your funeral expenses are six, seven thousand. You know, then what? What's well? Here's the thing: your funeral. Is six thousand, but you know I just buried a loved one, right? Right. It costs twenty five hundred just to open up the grave that we already owned. Right. Okay. So we're yes. So we're talking about it. It was almost twenty five hundred dollars just to open up the grave that we already own because now they bury you with these concrete things and all this stuff. But it's twenty five hundred dollars just to open up the grave, not to purchase the grave site. So if you're talking about purchasing a grave site. Having the gravesite open and then also preparing for a funeral, we're talking between ten and fifteen thousand dollars. And and okay. even that expense opening up the grave, 
that some of it, I'm quite sure, is by state law and design. So it's not okay. that the insurance, I mean, the uh, funeral home is tacking on that cost, uh-huh. but they have to meet certain state laws and okay. requirements that makes sense when out they the, uh, do these uh, opening and closing. And part of that reason why I know that is my brother-in-law, who is a mortician, he owns a, a business in New York City. He explains it to me. It's a business. Right. It is a business, and they are just like other businesses have expenses and have to follow the state laws and Mm -hmm. rules. That's what you have. But talking about um, term insurance, Dr. Flo, I'm not a big proponent on term, but I agree with you. We Mm -hmm. need to start somewhere, Mm -hmm. and I suggest that if you have to start with term, maybe do term in a combination of a small um, whole insurance. Oh, you policy. have. They have term policies that you can convert. Convert. Yeah. So they have term policies that after a certain period of time, you have the option to convert it into a whole life policy or some sort of investment policy. And you don't lose all your all your money. Exactly. What we're just saying, guys, is that you got to start somewhere. And you need to start today. So at some point, you need to have something and you need to start today. Um, and it would be nice to have your own policy, you know, outside mm-hmm. of um, uh, outside of your, your job. Absolutely. You know, have something outside of your job. You if, need to have something. In fact, a couple of days ago, I went and I uh, had a meeting with my um, one of my life insurance agents. I, I have several policies. Mm-hmm. And so he noticed that I had built in value in my insurance. So he suggested that I. Cash it in. Okay, there you go. Um, I was surprised how much I saved up that I cash it in and use that money, that that amount, and put it in one of my investment vehicles that probably doing a little bit better. Be better than the insurance. insurance. Yeah. Well, that was, you know, you have a good advisor because sometimes uh, advisors just sell you policies and walk away right. and never really look at things. But it's good that what he did was he looked at the policy. He realized what type of interest rate or what type of return you were getting. Right on that policy, on that cash sum that has been built up. Right. And he, he realized that you can move it probably to one of your investments that's earning more. Much more. And so that makes sense. You know, that falls right into, you did a wonderful segue into my next point. Instead of buying my Tundra. Uh, <laughs> we ain't gonna, you know what, Althea, we are not dealing with your Tundra. On. This is the, let, me, let me repeat this. This is the Dr. Flow show. This is the Ask Dr. Flow show. And I have my I have my letters lined up here, and one and one of the letters does not deal with your tundra. <laughs> we are not dealing with your wanting a Toyota Tundra. You're not getting one right now, Althea. No, and you, I know. You know that. I and, know. I and know. it might be another year or so. So just let it go. Yes, ma'am. You that commercial? They got a commercial talking about let it go. Yes, let ma'am. it go. I'll, uh, I'll try. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the insurance. Before we get to the yeah. next question. No, I'm not insurance. going to the next question. I got more on this. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, I was talking about talking providing about benefits because you made a segue into providing benefits you can use during your lifetime. Yes. Now, this, these are the points that I wanted to make just for talking about, you can, you know, life insurance, insurance can provide benefits during your lifetime. And we were talking, that's what Althea has. She has a whole life policy. So, for instance, her, her advisor told her that, you know, you can take some of this cash now. So she is actually using it 
uh, and putting it to to its best use. And we're going to talk about making your money work for you a little bit later. But she is making her money work for her. She has this cash build up in her policy. Her advisor was shrewd enough to contact her and say, you know, Althea, take a look at this. You might want to do something different. Right. Um, but these policies also help with your living benefits, right? Yes. Um, you can borrow against them even if you don't have the cash buildup. If an emergency comes, you can borrow against your policy. Um, you know, it can be for emergencies. It could be for uh, buying a home, paying for a wedding, getting a master's degree. You know, yeah. I mean, anything that you want to do um, because this policy is earning. So if you have the policy like Althea where you have all this cash buildup and you want to do something with it, or if you don't have the cash buildup as of yet, of course, you can borrow from the policy. And then one of the things that's dear and near and dear to Althea's heart is leaving a legacy, lasting legacy for your family. Right. At some point, we need to be thinking about giving to our alma mater alma or mama. our charity, charity our church. church. You know, I mean, at some point, we just don't need to just leave people, you know, leave with people with, with debt. Right. Just stop doing that, yeah. especially people of color. Stop doing that. Stop leaving people with nothing but debt. debt. I had a discussion with my better half and, you know, we haven't been married that long. And so we are constantly having discussions about, you know, we cannot be leaving each other. We cannot be leaving each other uh, in debt. You know, we have to start doing some things because, of course, life, my life has changed now. Sure, right. Sure. And so his life has changed now. And so we have to be about our business and make sure that we take care of one another and not leave each other with debt. You know, it's a shame that we're worth more alive than dead. But anyway, we are going to take a break. We got to take a break. I'm well, I'm willing to take a break because you guys, it's always two against one here at Mind Your Business Radio. <laughs> Three and we got Dave, Leah, and Althea. It's always three against one, and mind your business radio. You're listening. We're going to take a break. Thank you. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click myowntaxreturn.com. MyOwnTaxReturn.com to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on MyOwnTaxReturn.com. That's MyOwnTaxReturn.com. Thanks for listening to Mind Your Business Radio. And we'd like to know a little bit more about you. Please visit our Facebook page and take a brief survey to let us know what you'd like to hear on our program. You could win a free financial or estate planning consultation. Just go to Facebook.com backslash MindYourBizRadio or search Mind Your Business Radio on Facebook. And thanks again for listening to your business education station. You're listening to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. Well, welcome back. Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio. This is the Dr. Flo Show today. Ask Dr. Flo Show. But, of course, I could not do a show without my sidekick, attorney Althea DeBar-Johnson. Well, you know, I, I try to fit in when I... Uh, uh, Get in where you fit in. That's right. <laughs> 
I try to get in where I fit in. Absolutely. Okay. And then, of course, our right, our right hand woman. Yes. Miss <laughs> Leah. Miss Leah. So we were talking about, we were ask, answering uh, Pam's question. Pamela is very passionate about life insurance. Um, but also we talked about leaving a lasting legacy. That's where we left off. Um, and then the last thing I want to say about life insurance is life insurance plays an important role in your retirement planning. Mm-hmm. Please remember this. Um, even if you're an empty nester, even if you don't have any, you know, all, any children or your children are grown, it uh, plays a huge part um, because you never. Here's the thing. Um, if you have the right life insurance policy, you don't need all these other plans. You might not need to do anything when it comes to long-term care or some of the other plans, accidental plans and things like that, if you have a, a substantial life insurance policy. To Althea's point, when you use cash buildup, when you use different vehicles on life insurance, and I would definitely advise you to uh, to get in touch with your uh, a good life insurance provider, a good advisor, um, you don't have to, you don't necessarily, he, they can provide you with a policy that will just provide an umbrella of all your needs as opposed to having this little policy here, this little policy here, right. this little policy, this little policy. You don't need necessarily need all of that. And so uh, some of these policies can actually help you in your retirement planning. Yes. And so you need to take a look at that. Okay? Okay. Um, so my next question is from Randall from Tennessee, wants to start a business. Hmm. Yeah, but he's hesitant because his wife thinks he will fail. Wow. (laughs) And so what do I do to ensure that my business has success? Well, that's a tough question. That's a very tough question because business is a gamble. But when you gamble, what do you do? You you try to stack the odds in your favor. Always. And so when you start a business, you try to start you try to stack the odds in your favor. What does that mean? I can tell you from experience, Althea and I have had what that means is that you surround yourself with people who have done it, who are successful and good advisors. Okay, that's number one. You cannot afford to go into business if you cannot afford to surround yourself with good advisors. If you cannot afford to pay an attorney, if you cannot afford to pay a good CPA, and let me say a good attorney and a good CPA because all of them ain't good. Cheap CPAs ain't good and good CPAs ain't cheap. Okay, that's true. If you you provide yourself, you surround yourself with good advice. Okay. Um, if you if you can't afford good advisors, you you really can't afford to be in business because you know your business is only go gonna go as far as your knowledge and your advice. Your right. knowledge and your knowledge is we're talking about knowledge of the market. We're talking about knowing how to plan, plan. right? Knowing how to market your business, you know, knowing how to uh, manage your business. And so your business is only going to go as far as your knowledge. All right. So if you can only take your business so far, then you have to surround yourself with people who have other business knowledge who can help your business go to the next level. And so that is how you mitigate some of that risk. That's true. And I think, well... He he has a problem, well, an issue, a, a challenge, because his wife is hesitant because he thinks she thinks that he's going to fail, mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be so important to get your spouse to be on board with you because mm-hmm. it's going to be that time where he or she is going to have to support you when things may not 
turn out quite absolutely that, that way for the moment. Absolutely. Because things happen in a moment. And just because you hear at one level, that doesn't mean that this is not a stepping stone for something else better to, to happen. So I think he's going to have to have a serious talk with his wife to get her on board. Um, I think part of the success, like he was saying, is making sure you have enough cash buildup. But yes. you got to have the right advisors in place because you and I know, Dr. Flo, I've seen in it, even in my profession, some attorneys who have started off in practice, even though I even, I started off, and when I started off in practice, yes, it costs a lot to have a good CPA, mm-hmm. but I knew that the necessity of having That's it. That's right. Um, it's, it costs a lot to even have your own legal advisor because I had right. to have that too. Right. That's so right. the marketing, the branding, the the, the professionals keeps mm-hmm. help keep you out of trouble. That's but right. some of my colleagues who failed to do that mm-hmm. was caught up with the tax implications That's right. That's later. Right. That's right. Which shut them down. Oh yeah, tax is a big part of a financial strategy for businesses and personal. You don't see any wealthy person that doesn't have. A strategy for tax because tax either make you or break you. Yes. Okay. If you use correct tax strategy, then there's a savings because, you know, you know, part of the issue is people don't realize there's two sides to business. There's making money and then there's what you do with the money. So, you know, you go out there and you make the money, but it's also what you do with the money. You know, the name of the game is net income, okay? And and net income means that you've taken that net income and now you can invest it back in a business or do whatever. But the name of the game is not just sales. It's also expenses, controlling your expenses, what you do with the money. And tax strategy is part of controlling your expenses. A lot of it can go out of the door or less of it can go out of the door. You will pay your taxes, but it, d- depending on your how good your strategy is depends on do you pay the maximum or do you pay the minimum on, under the law, okay? And the IRS is not going to call you and say, oh, Althea, you missed this deduction. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, they're not going to call you and say, oh, you missed this deduction or whatever, right? Now, they will call you and tell you you can't take this deduction, but they will not call you and tell you that you missed the deduction. So. Well, they don't call at all. They're all right. Well, yeah, yeah they're all right. Yeah, you know, they, that was they, just a, yeah. But, but I you're right. That. You're right because that's a scam out there now. IRS doesn't call you. No, they don't call. <laughs> they don't call. Writes that's right. They will write you, but they yeah, will not call you because that that's good out there. That's a good catch because mm-hmm. that is a scam. I that's was using it as a figure of speech, but I shouldn't because that's a scam that that's big time right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Is is IRS? So here's the thing. I wanna I wanna talk about the planning. Um, and the first thing is financial planning. Um, the statistic that I have here from uh, this is some statistics that, um. Uh, Leah gathered for us a, a little while ago. Um, basically, it says that 82% in the financial planning category, 82% of businesses fail due to poor cash flow management skills. Yes. Okay? And that is followed closely by starting out with too little money. Too little. Okay, too little. Just too little, too, not enough money. Okay? So, business leadership is about taking financial responsibility, conducting sound financial planning and research. So, basically, before you even start a business, you need to show your plan to your accountant. And one of the things that's very important is if you really do do your due diligence and talk to your advisors, your accountant, your attorney, and things like that, and have all this together, when you show this to your wife, 
your wife is going to feel a lot more secure. Sure. <laughs> about your ability to succeed in business when she sees you doing your homework. But too many people just roll out of bed and decide <laughs> this is the day the Lord has blessed me to have an idea and roll out of bed and just think that they're going to start a business. And you, you it's just the odds are against you. Uh, I'm just yeah. saying the odds are against you. Mm-hmm. When you hear about the people you know, that started Microsoft and all these people that started Apple and everything. What you, unless you, you need to read their book because they didn't just roll out of bed. Okay. They didn't roll out of bed and go, Ooh, you know, I got an idea for a PC, right? Or a Macintosh. Mm-hmm. That's not how it happened, uh, ladies and gents. So sometimes you need to dig into whoever you're, whoever you're, you admire, you know, read their story because there was a lot to getting there. They like didn't just wake there. up and do that. And then let's, I'm going to talk about the marketing category now. Over 64% of the businesses surveyed in the marketing category failed because of business owners minimizing the importance of properly promoting their business followed by ignoring their competition. Right. Okay. Again, as a business leader, you must be able to effectively communicate your idea to the right people and understand their unique needs and wants. And nowadays, you got to keep up with this social media thing, okay? You got to find people if you know if you're if you're old like Althea and I. I, I included you in that Althea. I don't care. I included you with I'm me. I'm glad you did. <laughs> You don't always know everything there is to know about social media. And so you need to find people, find younger people, okay, who can tell you about social media, right? You know, Leah is constantly, you know, rolling her eyes at us, right? About what, you know, Especially what are y'all me. doing? Yes, you are. What are y'all doing? You know, what are you, you know, click here, do go there, you know, do this. And it's true. I mean, and we respect her for that because mm-hmm. you need to surround yourself with people who know the technology. If mark, if the markets are changing, if marketing is changing, surround yourself with those people who know how to do that. Okay. And you can, and you can do that. And, and what I have uh, strategized, have done, I don't know anything about tweeting and uh, all this other yeah. stuff. But I got, I got the young people. You, you can maybe have interns who can That's right. do that for That's right. you. They get, they get the credit, and you get. You get a service. And guys, you know, um, in a, in a, in, in one of our upcoming shows, we are going to have an expert on marketing come and talk to us about marketing a small, you know, things of, small business, right? Mm-hmm. Branding. Small, things that small uh, business people need to know. Mm-hmm. The uh, other category, uh, oh, and basically we talked about your competition, right? You, yes. you need to do some research on your competition. Are you providing value? Is there a loophole in the value that they're providing to, to customers? If so, you know, then you need to, you need to, um, take advantage of that loophole, right? Absolutely. And then in the management category, 70, 70% of businesses fail due to owners not recognizing what the, they don't do well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And not seeking help. We talked about that, right? right? Followed by insufficient relevant business experience. Not delegating properly and hiring the wrong people were major contributing factors to business failure in the management category, right? Right. And just sometimes we just need to be honest with ourselves and understand what we don't know. Like I always tell when I'm, when I'm teaching my, my students, just because you know how to 
bake cupcakes doesn't know you know, doesn't mean that you know the cupcake business. That's so true. Okay, there's a difference between knowing how to manufacture the product and knowing the business of the product. Absolutely. Right? And so you got to learn that. And so we're going to talk about we're going to answer a few more other. Uh, questions. Oh, I just have a few more things to say in this category, but we're going to talk about it after we take a break. Okay. Very good. <laughs> so we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You listen to mind your business. You can file your own taxes. It's simple. Just click myowntaxreturn.com. But if filing your own taxes is not for you, they've got you covered. Just click myowntaxreturn.com to reach a real CPA. Most advice is free. Or you can hire a CPA if you're still convinced that tax preparation is just not for you. And they have tax tips that you can use for the upcoming tax season. It's all right here on myowntaxreturn.com. That's myowntaxreturn.com. Thanks for listening to Mind Your Business Radio. And we'd like to know a little bit more about you. Please visit our Facebook page and take a brief survey to let us know what you'd like to hear on our program. You could win a free financial or estate planning consultation. Just go to facebook.com backslash mindyourbizradio or search Mind Your Business Radio on Facebook. And thanks again for listening to your business education station. And now back to Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar Johnson for more of Mind Your Business Radio on Talk Zone. Here come my grandma. All right. We are back. We are back. We are back. I'm not even going to tell y'all what we we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they started teasing me about. Did you? I told them that I tried home remedies and it didn't work, and they were telling me I was doing play play home remedies. You were doing play play. I did play. not do the. I did not do the castor oil. I refused do the castor oil. I did some other stuff and, and Leah said, oh, you was playing. You yeah, weren't yeah, doing no you were playing because, <laughs> because the moment I, I, when I was growing up, the moment I sneezed or sniffled, <laughs> it my, was grandma, it, my grandma came with that castor oil. And or oil of wintergreen. Y'all know about that one? Oh, oil yes, of, I knew okay, that too. Oil of wintergreen. Yeah, I remember those. I used to be afraid to tell my grandmother I was sick because I knew I'd be stinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't want. I didn't want to stink. I want to go outside and play. I didn't want to stink. Okay, so we're talking about uh, Randall wanted to know about business failure. Um, I just want to before we go to the next um, next uh, listeners uh, question. I wrote an article some time ago that talked about work on your business instead of working in your business. Okay, there's a difference between working on your business and since we're talking about starting a business. I want to just say you have to work on your business before you open the business. And then what you have to do is most small businesses have to work on and in. And that is why they don't have any time because they got to continue to work on the business. And then they find themselves rolling up their sleeves and working in the business. But the goal, the overarching goal should be for you to step out. Back into the on the business category 
and grow your business to the size where you can hire people to work in the business right. and you can step back and constantly work on the business. You are constantly working on the business. You have enough time, whether you're rolling up your sleeve from time to time, that's fine. But you want to make sure that at some point you grow the business to the point where you spend most of your time working on the business and on the business means constantly working on those things we talked about, constantly looking at the finances, constantly looking at the marketing, constantly looking at the management. You want to constantly be in control and on top of those three things at all times. And if you're, if you're making cupcakes, you don't have time to do that. Right. You don't. So you need to be able to pass on that cupcake recipe to somebody that you trust to make cupcakes so that you can constantly understand and become an expert in the cupcake business, not necessarily expert in making cupcakes. So what I would tell Randall is, in summary, is that if he wants to make his wife uh, a little bit more assured, again, do the research. Don't jump in. <laughs> don't roll out of bed like Dr. Flo says and start a business. Do your research. Have all your people in place. Get their advice. Pay for consultation. Get their advice. Set it up properly. Because if you even have to have a loan, the, the bank is going to look to see, do you have, have you set this up properly? Do you have the insurances that you need if you need it? Licenses, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Present that to your wife, who's going to be your critic, and give her the insurance that, oh, he is really serious. He has done his homework, and he has laid out this plan. And, guys, read some really good books. I mean, read some books. Uh, A book I had here noted, Good to Great, you know. Mm -hmm. Read some good books. Um, uh, That's Jim Collins, Good to Great, and things like that. Read some good books so that you know what journey you are about to embark on. And, and understand that this is this is a journey. It is not easy. It's not easy as people make it look. Matter of fact, um, my husband and I, we just came back from Las Vegas. And while we were in Las Vegas, um, we were, you know, we were kind of just really relaxing, trying to have a good time and see the sights and things. And there was a guy that was standing next to us and he was on the cell phone and he had his earplug in. And he just kept talking about business and so forth and so on. And he was talking loud, you know. No one wanted to hear what he was saying, but he was talking loud. And and I, and I and I turned to my husband. I said, you know, if he really had a good business, or if he was really important in the business that he works in, he wouldn't have to do this. No. Okay. He wouldn't. Let me explain something to you guys. The real bosses, the big bosses, are able to step away. So you know when your business is doing what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. because there are times when you are able to step away from the business and the business will run without you. That is the goal, <laughs> okay? If you are a peon at your company, you cannot go on vacation without someone calling you and you have to deal with whatever's going on, right? But if you're a big boss, right, <laughs> at your company, you got people to handle that. All right. And so you don't need to be on the phone talking loud. (laughs) Yeah, disturbing everybody. When you're on vacation, you're truly on vacation because you have things in place. Right. Okay. And you can step away. And when you do step away, um, you're holding those people accountable who are back there doing that. And that is the goal of business is to leverage, is to be able to even if you want to expand and start a new business, you can't do that if you can't trust the people who are operating um, you know, the business that you started. So anyway, I just want to pass that by you. Um, the next question, Shani, Shani from Florida wants to know more about savings and home buying. Uh, but she specifically 
kind of had a comment about why black Americans, um, our demographic is that we're young, we're more educated and have higher incomes. <laughs> but the fact is we still aren't retaining wealth um, for the long term at a rate uh, sufficient to pass down wealth to subsequent generations. So, hmm. yeah, good question. Um, uh, Shani is, I think, a young lady wants to know more about savings and home buying, but she's concerned, I think, about her generation. Uh, her generation does not um, pass down wealth, does not have a lot to show for their hard work and education. Well, I think Shawnee can can lead by example. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And I think what she needs to do, and I know you could talk about this a little bit more, Dr. Flo, mm -hmm. is, again, show by example, by saving Mm -hmm. And talking to her friends and colleagues that, you know, I'm saving so I'm saving this. I'm investing this. Mm -hmm. um, my goal is to buy a home by whatever age. Uh, so uh, doing by example is probably one of the best things she can she can do to help her colleagues and peers in her age group to maybe change this um, comment that she made about. Why is it that our, her demographics don't um, say more, though they're educated and have higher incomes? Mm -hmm. With your high income does not mean you have to spend everything. Right, right. Well, first of all, I think one of the things that I spend time doing, and I know this is usually a eureka moment for young people, is I define wealth for them. Um, a lot of young people don't really understand what wealth is. Okay. And you know, you remember, Leah, when you were in my class, I started off explaining the difference between true wealth and what, being hood rich, mm -hmm. right? Remember that? And so wealth defined is basically everything you own, your home, stocks, and cars, that's your wealth. But when I really explain it, it is those assets minus the debt. Right. Okay? So it's a real easy accounting equation, okay? Assets minus debt is equals wealth or what we call equity, right? What you own. Mm -hmm. And so you need to understand that if you don't have wealth, if you don't have a home that you own uh, the greatest percentage of, right? So what happens is we don't spend our time trying to pay off our debts. And that's what we need to do. We need to take our money. If we, we, if we have high earnings, the name of the game, that equation, assets minus debts equals wealth. We need to use our money to acquire assets, right? Right. Reduce our debt, and that will create wealth. And wealth is something that passes, okay? Wealth always has future value. Sure. Okay? So even though we might say that a car is an asset, it's not necessarily an asset because it, it rapidly depreciates. So real true assets are homes. Usually 99% of the time we did have a market. We had a market problem a few years back with real estate, but again, it's adjusting itself. It's recuperating. Most of the time, real estate and land appreciates, right? Yes. When you talk about investing, like we talked about in life insurance that has an investment vehicle associated with it, uh, putting your money into your retirement accounts. Those are things that appreciate, okay? Having a stock portfolio that grows, that's equally balanced so that it can grow, okay? Investing in bonds, 
uh, investing in a business that can grow. Okay, these are investments. That is wealth. It's wealth. Okay, and even when you define wealth, if you are not going to be an entrepreneur, you can define wealth this way. If you work, understand something. There's only if you work a 40-hour work week, there's only 2,080 hours a year that you can work. Even if you made $200 an hour, which we can bill $200 an hour, but we don't bill 40 hours a week. That's just not even realistic for accountants and attorneys. But let's just say you were lucky enough to have a job that earned $200, $200 hours, $200 an hour. The max you could earn is $400,000 a year. Okay, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily true wealth, especially if you don't take that four hundred thousand dollars and do something with it. Absolutely, you have to take that four hundred thousand dollars and you need to buy a house, pay down the debt, own that house fully, let that house appreciate, right? Buy things that you can you can buy things using debt, but the goal is to pay off the debt, debt. right? If you have a business, the the idea of the business is for the business to generate income without debt, okay? Right. So when you start building these things, these are the things that create wealth, okay? So what you generally see is when you see wealthy people, it's not that they have high income, right? It's what they did with the income. Okay, so a four earning four hundred thousand dollars a year will not make you a millionaire just by going to work. That's correct. Going to work every year and just getting your four hundred thousand dollars a year is not going to make you wealthy. All right, what you do with that wealth will make you a millionaire. All right, whether you have a business and have other people working for you or having things, you know, whatever's going on, that generates the money that you need to be wealthy. Okay, so you have to you have to invest. And again, I think some of uh, Sheena's Shane, 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 I think S H A N E E. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 comment about why is it that they have higher incomes, but we we don't do anything as far as uh, long term uh, um, investing mm-hmm. because we are too much into the bling bling. Oh yeah, well we're gonna talk about that because we did a little thing on we did a little thing we remember we did the segment on the spiritual side of finances mm-hmm. and we started talking about some of the emotional triggers that people of color deal with, right? And oh. that's where, where we're going with this um Althea, you are so right. When you talk about the bling bling and things like that, that is a lot of emotional type of validating ourselves, um, type of spending. It's not based on any type of education. Uh, it's not based on any type of knowledge or education. It's just kind of based on our feelings and what we want at the time, our desires at the time. And I think if we kind of understand that wearing a designer purse does, I mean, for some people it may give you status, but all it has done was make that designer Rich. Yeah, you made someone else wealthy. You made someone else wealthy after you purchased a two thousand dollar purse. Exactly. But at this point, we We're are going to take a break. Very good, Doctor <laughs> Floyd. I mean, you know, it has taken a long time to get her to this, this point. But we are going to take a break, and okay. we'll be right back to answer the other questions. All right.
Welcome back to Mind Your Business Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Dr. Florence Seiler and Althea DeBar-Johnson. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. We are answering this question from uh, Shawnee from Florida. And basically, Shawnee, you had an awesome, awesome question. Let me just say something, too. Without savings or wealth of some form, you know, your economic stability is like a house of cards. It's going to fall real quickly. As soon as you get laid off or have a reduction in hours or some tragedy strikes, um, if you're doing the paycheck to paycheck thing, okay, and you don't have any wealth, which is savings or some sort of business or investment, you know, all, everything starts crumbling down. And that's the problem that we find a lot of Americans are in. And I'm going to deal specifically with African Americans right now because uh, what happened is uh, when we did the segment on the spiritual side of uh, finances, Leah found this information. Um, it was sad, but it wasn't shocking to me, the information that she found, right? It was, I read it and I was like, oh, this saddens me, but it wasn't shocking. I'm going to quote this. This is from Experian. You know, you all know Experian, right? They're the credit agency. Sure. They did a, uh, a, a, a piece on African American shoppers analysis. They did an analysis on how African Americans shop. And so I'm going to quote this. It says, it says, as African Americans represent increasingly valuable purchasing power, it is important to understand how to advertise and engage them with relevant messages. Now they're talking to, they're talking to business owners how to market to African Americans. It says this report provides vivid insights into the attitudes, behaviors, and motivators of African Americans. It says they are trendsetters and image conscious. And brands and luxury items are important to them. They are an engaged group with media and are highly receptive to advertising in various channels ranging from social media to in-store marketing. Okay, so we're very, they're, t- they're putting it out there. They're saying it about us. Right. Right? That we're very image, con- you know, nothing wrong with being a trendsetter, but we're very image, image conscious. conscious. Okay? It says African Americans feel strongly about how they're perceived by others, especially when it comes to their automobile. All right. They are more likely than the average American to feel that their car should express their personality and prefer to drive a luxury vehicle. They are 39% more likely to say they like to get a new car every two or three years further Proving their desire to stay stylish and trendy. Now. And broke. <laughs> all right. This leads me to, I, this just leads me to believe that African Americans, that, that we have a true, our true relationship with money is based on emotion and feeling and some sort of, of, and, and I know a lot of this is psychological and historical and all these things, but some sort of, feeling of validation and success and success. And so um, Althea and I were talking about the fact that we don't mind having nice things. We both drive nice cars. We don't mind having nice things, but we're not going to do it at, 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 at some expense at an expense to us that we can't handle. We're not going to do it to the point where 
we we spend more on our car. We we can't afford afford we can't afford insurance. We can't afford investments, and our business is suffering because we're trying to drive a certain car, or have a certain type of purse. And that's where the problem is. And that's where the problem is because Dr. Flo, when I started my business some 19 years ago, I was driving a Volkswagen. Yes. Bug. Right. Not for one year. For about 10 years. Right, right, right. But I was building my practice, too. Right. And if nobody liked it, that's okay. But mm-hmm. I didn't think that any of my clients care about what I was driving. They care about what I was doing and how I was performing in, in let, court. Let me share a secret with you, um, mind your business listeners. The reason why um, Dr. Siler doesn't drive a Mercedes-Benz. Dr. Siler used to be a partner of a firm. And at the time, at the height of my business, I could afford whatever car I wanted. No lie, except for a Bentley. I couldn't get a Bentley. I wasn't Bentley status. But I could have afforded any model Mercedes-Benz that I wanted. Dr. Flo didn't buy a Mercedes-Benz and still doesn't drive a Mercedes-Benz because Dr. Flo did her research and realized Dr. Flo couldn't afford to keep a Mercedes-Benz. There's a difference, okay? There's, you can buy a Mercedes-Benz, but when I looked at the upkeep, the maintenance, and what it cost me to continue with a Mercedes-Benz, I realized that really and truthfully, even though I might have had some lump sums of money that came in from major contracts and different things going on, I could not afford to maintain that car. And I knew that my businesses had highs and lows. Absolutely. And I was not going to be in one of those low business seasons needing uh, a transmission, <laughs> okay, right. and not being able to put my car on the road. And so I realized that I could drive a nice car. There were other brands of cars, Lexus, Acura, you know, Toyota, um, um, Nissan. There were other nice cars that I could drive, okay, that cost me less to maintain. And so I decided that, yes, I wanted the luxury but I needed to figure out, could I afford to maintain that car? And that's how you have to rationalize and understand and analyze what you can and cannot do and what is much more important. Is it much more important to have your business, have everything in place, yes. such as because insurance is costly. Yes. Paying for your license yes. is costly each yes. year. Yes. Making sure that you have some backup funds in your business just in, in case there are those low times. Yeah. That's costly. Yeah. And if you're putting in a, a asset that the moment you drive away from that lot, it is depreciating. That is a decision <laughs> that you have to weigh and analyze. What is more important? Believe me, I understand the bling bling. I don't mind some bling bling. That's why I keep talking about my Tundra. Yes. But I knew where I came from. I'm coming from a Volkswagen for 10 years. Right. But I have gotten my business together. And we're not trying to keep you. And and Althea has the Tundra on her plan. So we're not trying to keep you. We're not trying to keep you from the nice things. What we're saying is that there's a roadmap to those nice things. Absolutely. And you have to make sure that you can have those nice things and it don't, it not jeopardize the house that you build. Right. The financial house that you build, right? We don't want you to run out there and buy nice things and then jeopardize the financial house that you build. I cannot drive a Mercedes and then have trouble making payroll. 
If I'm if I'm a business owner, you know, if, if I'm running my firm, I shouldn't have to decide between getting my Mercedes fixed and making payroll. Absolutely. I always have to make payroll. That is my first priority is making sure that my business runs, that my people were paid. And so that's where I put my priority. And thank God, thank you, Jesus, that I never missed a payroll. Right. But I had to I had to make a plan and make sure that those things were taken care of. My foundation was solid before you go out and do those type of things. We're not trying to keep anybody away from that. What we're trying to do again is the only reason why we were on air every Tuesday is because we want to change the mindset. Mindset. We want to change the mindset of our people, women and minorities. We want to change your mindset. We want you to do better. And we honestly believe that if you know better, you will do better. So we need to work on our relationship with money. Okay. We need to work on that relationship with money. Uh, a lot of us have been raised to believe that we just need to go out, work hard, and work hard for money. But really what we need to be taught, our mindset needs to change. Yes, you need to go and work, but we need to also be taught how to make money work for us. Absolutely. We've only been taught how to go work for money. We've never been taught how to get money to work for us, but for our benefit. I think this leads into this other question from Jennifer who wrote, Mm-hmm. That when do you recommend getting a financial advisor for your small business? Well, when do I recommend getting a financial advisor, period, <laughs> at any point is at the beginning of anything. OK, if we talked about that, if you're getting a, if you're going to start a business, you get a financial advisor before you get started. OK, right. If you are already in business and you never got a financial advisor, stop what you're doing and get one. If you are graduating from college and about to start that wonderful job, get a financial advisor now. If you're 30 years old and into your career, get a financial advisor now. If you are 50 and trying to retire, thinking about the fact that you don't want to do, you don't want to be a greeter at Walmart (laughs) when you retire, Get a financial advisor now. There's never a bad time to get a financial advisor, but you will make less mistakes and it will be cheaper in the long run if you get a good financial advisor at the beginning because you don't want to have to make certain mistakes that you probably would make if you're trying to figure it out on your own. On your own. And with a financial advisor, if he or she is good, they will help you to say, okay, Dr. Flo, what you understood, mm-hmm. I need to, you need to make your payroll, you need to make your house mortgage, and you need to leave that Mercedes alone. Yeah, and here's the thing. How do you find good advisors? I, I can promise you that 90% of my clients came from referral, and I appreciate that. And I know that, uh, you know, we, pro- we worked on some other marketing campaigns, but 90% came from referral. It is a good idea if you see someone doing something right in their life, ask them who their financial advisor is. Ask them what they're doing right. Now, when I say doing right, I'm not saying go to the person driving the Mercedes because it doesn't mean that they can afford the Mercedes. I'm saying go to a person that you see is at peace with their financial position, who who doesn't have a GoFundMe page to <laughs> a GoFundMe page to bury a relative or to pay for last 
semester of college for their Absolutely. kid. Okay, go to someone who you know has planned and done some things right. Okay, and so I hope we answered all your questions. Next week, Althea, we're going to be live with the ladies from The View. Oh, that'll be great. Always. Yeah, we're going to be live that. with the ladies from The View. Um, they are. We're going to be at um, uh, 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 Scales. Scales nine two five. Um, we're going to be sending out, of course, our newsletter to let you know about about Scales nine two five. We're going to be live. You have been listening to Mind Your Business Radio, your business education station, your business, your family, your life, and your life. See you next week. Mm-hmm.